All right, well, a man was walking down the street when all of a sudden he, that, that's not a funny joke because Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays, but anyway. A man was walking down the street when all of a sudden he heard a car approaching behind him. You know how that is? Have you ever had that happen before? And right as the car got close, the, the driver actually sideswiped the man, knocking him down, hit him with that side mirror, knocked him down on the pavement. So the man was kind of disturbed and kind of out of, you know, kind of, out of or disoriented. And he got up and he, he called the police, and the, the, the car had already sped away. Uh, so the policeman came up to him, and, he's, and he was talking to the man and interviewing him. And he said, do you have any idea who would do something like this to you? And the man said, yes, I do, actually. I'm certain it was my mother-in-law. <laughs> and the cop was kind of confused. And he said, well, how, did you see the car drive by? And he said, no, I never saw the car. I just felt it. And the policeman said, well, how, how do you, are you so certain that your mother-in-law uh, was the one that did this? And the man said, I recognize that laugh anywhere. I thought it was a funny joke, anyhow. <laughs> We're discussing today about how we can love our enemies today, how we can love our enemies. We're in Luke chapter 6, so that joke needs no comment. So let's dive into verse 27. Jesus says this, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. Verse 32. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful." Verse 37, judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Father in heaven, as we continue to worship today. Lord, I pray that as we look at this passage of Scripture, Lord, that we, uh, that we check our own hearts today, that you open our hearts to how we can better love those who, Lord, you call our enemies. We may not think we have any. Uh, maybe we do. But Lord, you say that we do. So maybe we need to check our heart about that. And we need to look about what that looks like in our own lives, Father, and how we can uh, respond to those who cause problems in our lives and maybe to those that we cause problems to. How we can act and behave and live. Lord, we need your strength to do so. 
Father, I pray that my words reflect your heart today, and, and I pray that you fill me with your spirit, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to show you today three ways that we can love our enemies. Three ways we can love our enemies. Number one, we love them by giving them grace. We love them by giving them grace. In the preceding section, Jesus was talking to his disciples who were poor. And they were hungry. And they were persecuted. Furthermore, they were marginalized. And they had enemies in their life, making their life even harder. And Jesus tells his disciples how they are to treat their enemies. And again, this is not my words. These are Jesus' words by using them, saying that they were enemies. And it goes against what one may naturally think. He doesn't say to get revenge or to, to fight back or anything like that. He says quite the opposite. Verse 27, he says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Now, if you've been in church long enough or known Jesus long enough, this is a familiar passage. But I want us to really think about how difficult that would be to do. Love your enemies. Sometimes we have problems loving the people we like. And he's telling us to love our enemies and do good to those who hate you. We're to do the opposite of trying to get even with our enemies. We are to love them. How, how do we do that? Because love is more than just an emotion. Love is an action. So we, we love others by doing good to them, even those who hate us. We can give them grace. We don't hate back because hating back puts a vicious cycle that just continues on and on and on and descends into chaos and even worse. So we give our haters grace. Verse 28, he says, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those <clears throat> who abuse you. So we don't insult someone back. <clears throat> we're kind to them. Those who abuse us, we pray for them. Now this doesn't mean that we overlook a crime that's being committed that we don't report it, we should report it to the law. Uh, it doesn't mean that we don't ever call the police or we don't ever press charges. We let the law take care of those things, but personally, we still love them. Personally, we still give them grace. We let the law deal with them, as Romans 13 says, as God's chosen instruments of justice. Let the law handle it, but, but personally, we give them grace. Verse 29. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if you were to hit me in the face and I turned the other cheek, you better know the Holy Spirit's working in my life. <laughs> Amen? That's why this is hard to hear. Naturally, I'm not going to do that. And most of you are not either. So Jesus says, you know you are loving your enemies when you do something like that. You get hit in the cheek and you say, all right, next one. Who in the right mind would not defend themselves, right? Jesus says that's how we love our enemies. He says, and from the one who takes away your cloak, go ahead and give them more. Give them your tunic as well. Back then they had two articles of clothing, the cloak and the tunic. He says, give them the shirt off your back. Now, we may read this and think, well, we don't need people to, to take advantage of us. Or, or some people will even use this to construct a pacifist theology of war. And it's important to note here that, that this is 
Not where you get a theology of warfare. Like if a country attacks another country, well, we shouldn't attack back. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. This is a personal ethic. This is a, a one-on-one relationship. This is not about how we can't defend our country or anything like this. He's not talking about that. He's talking to his disciples, and he's saying in one-on-one relationships, and you have someone who hates you, they probably do not know me. They are lost. They do not know God. That's why they're your enemies. So how do you handle them? Well, you act like Jesus would. You show them Jesus through your own life. You turn the cheek. Look what he says in verse 30. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. You ever have some, you ever loan somebody a weed eater? Never see that weed eater again. A screwdriver? Something like that? Where did that thing go? I've given so many books away, loaned books away, I don't even think about giving them back anymore. I just assume I want this person to have this book. I don't even say borrow. I just say take it, have it. Because if I let you borrow it, I'm going to be wondering where it is, right? So just go ahead and have the book. Take it. He says, if that happens to you, don't ask for it back. Don't say, you know, five years ago he took my thing. I need to go track him down. He says, if you give something, be generous. Give them the grace. Verse 31, and as you wish others would do to you, do so to them. If you had something for four or five years and uh, you realized that you never gave it back, you would not hope that they would come track you down in anger, would you? You would hope they would give you grace, wouldn't you, after you were apologetic? I remember in college, you all remember when Blockbuster Video was around? I remember in college, I was cleaning out my apartment, and we found this Blockbuster videotape from like four years ago. I said, gosh, I hope it's not under my name, right? Because uh, they track you down. We have they've never turned it back, right? Sometimes you just you, you forget that you had certain things, and, and you would want that person to give you grace. That's what he says. Give them grace as you wish others would do to you. Do so to them. This, In one form or another, this golden rule, as we call it, is found in other cultures of the world, but it's often phrased in the negative. It'll say something like, what you hate, don't do to anyone. But Jesus reverses it, and he says, what you'd wish done to you, do to them. In other words, love is not just the avoidance of evil. It's not just the avoidance of causing pain in someone's life. Love is the seeking out of blessing someone. It's being intentional about helping Someone, it's not just like minding your own business and not causing a problem. It's actually being proactive and blessing them. I saw this on display this week. My wife and I were, were uh, taking our three-year-old, John David, to, to Chick-fil-A on every Monday morning. And we, or Monday afternoon, I guess. We do this. We, we get in the car. We, other kids are at school. We get the app out. We do a little mobile order. We get in the line. We get the Chick-fil-A. We bring it home because they haven't been open for 23 months. You can't get in there, right? And Monday we got in the car and it was Valentine's Day and we had plans that night, but we were going there that day. Emily broke out the, uh, the phone and started putting in the, the order. And uh, the, usually they give two options. They give you curbside or drive-through. There's a third option and it was dine-in. She looked at me, she says, does that mean we can go in there? You know, John David hadn't been in there since he was, couldn't walk. And I said, Chick-fil-A doesn't make mistakes, I'm sure that's accurate so we clicked dine in, and we went in, and there they were. 
It was like going to Disneyland or something. I mean, you walked in, they had the whole place changed, but there was this big sign on the door, and it said, it said our dining room is open for those who do mobile orders only. And I thought, wow, they're going to be a lot of unhappy people probably at some point, but we did the mobile order, so we came in. They said, pick any seat you want. We had the whole restaurant to our place, and every now and then, I, I wanted to watch people come in the door. I wanted to see how they would handle this. I watched some people would come in, and they would say, Oh, this is for mobile orders only. And they say, oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll help you through it. We'll walk you through it. We'll download the app on your phone. They were bending over backwards to accommodate people. They had, there was no mechanism in there to take your order. The, the counters have all changed. It's, everything is different looking in there. So you literally can't pay for your meal in there. Most people handled it well. They were bending over backwards, accommodating. And then one man walked in with his son. And they gave free ice cream out. So I was getting John David's free ice cream. And they said, do you have a mobile order? And the man said, no, I don't do that, and said some kind of bad words to her, and basically saying that he was above using an app. And I thought, oh, Lord, here we go, right? And so I just kind of watched the argument, and I watched him say, well, you know, my uncle down the street said I could come in here and eat, and why can't I come in here and eat, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? And the woman was like, you know, sir, this is for mobile orders only. I can help you download the app. No, I don't do that. Oh, I can help you do it. No, I don't do that. And I just, I just... It was so hard. I just wanted to get right in the middle and say, hey, there's no way you're going to win this argument. Like, this is, they're, they're rules. Like, you don't, it doesn't matter what your uncle said, right, you know. I just wanted to step in and be like, they make the rules. You don't have to eat in here. You can eat in the car if you want to. But if you're going to eat in here, you have to use the app. I probably would have been a lot more forceful, right. They just said the same thing over and over again. Just, no, that's not, no, sir, this is how we do it. And, you know, that's how we, we love others giving them more than they deserve. Like, I would just said, hey, listen, you can leave if you don't like it, right? That's probably what I would have said after he continued to press it. I'll say, just get your car, right? And he said the same thing. Well, I'm sorry, this is only for app. This is only for mobile. This is only for mobile. I don't know how long it lasted because I left, right? <laughs> but he didn't deserve to receive that kind of kindness, but he did. He was given grace. And let me say something. He did not get his way. They didn't say, okay, well, let's order in. They never did. They just said, it's for mobile orders only, over and over again. I think it's an important distinction. He didn't get his way because giving people grace doesn't mean people get whatever they desire. It's not about giving them their way. It means helping them get more than they deserve. Giving them more than they deserve. Look at Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved. Through faith, And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We've been given grace by God, so we love our enemies by giving them grace. Secondly, we love our enemies by giving them mercy. We love our enemies by giving them mercy. Verse 32, Jesus says, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. It's easy to bless those who are nice to you. Amen? It's easy to do that. It's more difficult to bless those who do not like you. Or maybe you think don't like you. To those who aren't nice to you, it's more difficult to do that. And Jesus says, even the lost can be nice to those who are nice, but you're different. You are followers of me. 
Look at verse 34. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. Verse 35. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. We give people mercy when we withhold what they deserve. In this example he gives, if someone doesn't pay you back, then they've stolen it. And you have, as a person, every right to demand that they pay you back. And if they don't, they deserve the consequences. But he's saying, don't exercise that right to demand that. Especially if they don't know Jesus. Give them a love they've never seen before. Show them something they may have never seen before. That is mercy. Give someone a break extending mercy to them. That is called love. A mother once approached Napoleon seeking a pardon for her son. And the emperor had replied that the young man had committed a certain offense twice. And the law, justice demanded death. And the mother explained, I don't ask for justice. I ask, I plead for mercy. Napoleon said, your son does not deserve mercy. And she said, sir, it would not be mercy if he deserved it. So I asked for mercy. And he said, well, then I will have mercy. And he spared the woman's son. See, Jesus gave us mercy when he died on the cross. We didn't deserve him. He didn't die for us because we were good people. He died for us because we were sinners. We We deserved the same judgment. He gave us more than that. He gave us this gift gift of salvation. That's grace. That's a gift we didn't earn. But mercy is extending relief to someone who deserves what they had coming to them. We deserved it. But he gave us mercy anyway. Look at Ephesians 2. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places of Christ Jesus. Not because we were nice to him, not because we were good, but because we weren't. He gave us grace. He gave us mercy. Look what he says in Matthew 9. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy. And not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. I desire mercy, because he gave it to us. So little Christians, that's what we're called to be. People of grace, people of mercy. Again, this doesn't mean that we let people get away with murder. Call the police. Call what needs to happen. But personally, give them grace. Give them mercy. That's how you love your enemies. And you do so so that the world may know that Jesus Christ is the way. That he's the truth. That he is the life. Again, this is supernatural because none of us want to do this naturally. This is not what we want to do. This is how Christ makes us. Number three, love your enemies by giving them understanding. 
This may be the hardest one. This may be the hardest one. Understanding. After seeing that little display in Chick-fil-A, I was so angry at the guy. Because I was, I, you know, Chick-fil-A was doing all they could to be nice to the guy. I was like, God, what, who would do something like that? I would, right? We would all do that if we had a bad day, maybe, if we were different. It's so easy to point the finger, not understand what other people are going through. Uh, this section is connected to the previous one. Jesus has been talking about loving your enemies, and one way we love them is to withhold judgment on them. We seek to understand a person, we're less likely to judge them. Look what he says in verse 37. Judge not, you will not be judged. Condemn not, you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give, it will be given to you. He gives us four commands. Basically what he says is this. Be careful in your judging. Be careful in your condemning. Be slow in that. Be careful in your forgiving. Be careful in your generosity. And be, be careful to be forgiving. Be careful to be giving. When we're overly critical of others, here's what we do. When we're overly critical of others, we remove ourselves from our own sin and we put ourselves in the place of God. We forget that we too have sinned. When we put ourselves in the judgment seat of God and we think, how could someone do this or how could someone do that? Or we justify our own sins, our own things we've done, and we take ourselves out of being in the same position they're in and we make ourselves God, that's the definition of self-righteousness. Thinking we're better than someone. We would never do such and such. We forget that we too should be judged. We forget that we too should be condemned, that we too need forgiveness, we too need generosity. And when we judge others critically, we don't gather all the facts we, we think we know the whole picture, like we are God, but we don't. That's why our legal system is such a beautiful design that we are innocent until proven guilty. There are many countries where that's not the case. You're guilty until proven innocent. But in America, the founders knew that was how it should be, and we are innocent until being proven without a shadow of a doubt that you are innocent. It's easy to look to a person, hear about what's happened, and jump to conclusions. Amen. There's always at least two sides to a story, maybe three, maybe four. There's always facts that you have not gathered. There's always information that you have no way of knowing. But we jump to conclusions. So loving means giving people understanding. It's trying to put ourselves in their shoes and think, well, maybe they had a rough morning that day. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe the car broke down. I remember one time I had a, a run-in another with a, with a person in, a, in, a, in another city in South Carolina, a run-in with a person at a car wash where uh, I was trying to get my car washed, and the manager, it's one of those things where I was like, can I speak to your manager? And that was the manager, you know what I mean? Uh, just kind of lost his, uh, his uh, mind on me a little bit. I thought I was about to have a fight. I, I didn't, didn't say anything, you know. And uh, it was a really disturbing situation, and we paid and left. And I, I contacted the, uh, the owner about it just to let him know, hey, you got your manager acting like this. And he says, you know what? He lost his grandfather two days before. And that doesn't excuse his, his action, but in some way there was a reason for it, right? 
We don't ever know what people are going through. You know, we, we, we need to give them understanding. Maybe there's information that you don't know. There probably is. When we do this, it says this, that good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. If, if you want to live a miserable life, always judge, always condemn, always hold guilt, and never offer grace. And you'll be miserable. But if you want God's blessing in your life, be a blessing. When we understand how blessed we are, we're more likely to be less critical of others and seek to understand them and seek to understand their issues. Look at Colossians 3. Paul says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. That's being patient with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. We can love others by giving them understanding. And we can, we can understand our enemies, as Jesus calls them, if we forgive them. Well, a teacher asked one of her students a question, this little boy. She said, suppose your mother baked a pie and there were seven of you, five children and two parents, what fraction, what part of that pie would you get? Seven in all, right? And the little boy said, I would get a sixth. And she said, nope, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. You need to work on your fractions. Remember, there are seven of you, so you wouldn't get a sixth. You would get a seventh. And he said, yes, teacher, but you don't know my mother. Mom would say she didn't want any pie. When it comes to loving our enemies, maybe it means that every now and then you don't get your piece of the pie. Amen. Maybe it means you give up your piece of the pie. In our world, it all seems to be all about our own rights and what we earn and what we deserve. Maybe we realize that we deserve no pie. The fact that we even have a slice is God's grace and mercy. That we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and living that out means that perhaps we miss a piece of pie every now and then. We let our enemies enjoy that peace that only we can give. That is love. And that is the kind of love Jesus gave us when he died for us on the cross. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Heavenly Father, as we close our time together, we thank you so much for giving us your word in this very common and well-known section, Lord, but when we really read it, it's so challenging to us. So many times we feel like we're in the right when we're defensive, when we're when we're after justice and things like this. And Lord, that is a real, that is a reality. That those things need to happen. But Father, your goal is for us to build your kingdom. Your goal is for us to, to make the road easier. It's narrow, but make it easier on some level for people to enter. 
And Father, we need to be like you. We need to be like Jesus if we're going to do that. Give us wisdom, Lord, on how we can extend grace. Give us wisdom on how we can extend mercy. Father, you told us what to do. You told us to turn the other cheek. You told us to give them the shirt off our back. And Lord, we know that you were not speaking in metaphors. You were giving us practical examples of how that is. So Lord, let us be obedient and let us get that, that blessing from you when we allow you to lead our lives that way. Lord, if there's one in here today that's never placed their faith in you, that they would do so today, you would save them. They would turn from their sins and they would, they would come to you today, Lord. Lord, and help us in our dealings every day have the wisdom we need to give people grace and mercy and give them understanding as we go about our lives. Lord, we love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.